Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it. Again. Your boy's back at it again, man. Listen, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Whoa. Going to be talking about training camp. You know, that's that's right around the corner. Uh, starts very soon. So we're going to be discussing that. Got a lot of things moving and shaking around the team as well. We're going to be talking about hard knocks. The Jets fought really hard not to be on hard knocks. We're going to be discussing that. Oh, boy, oh, boy, right? We're going to be talking about that. Uh, we're going to be discussing quite a bit of other things as well. So before we get into it, all right, let me go ahead and open the show. Listen, I am the man of the people. I am here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with you folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on the Long Beach Joe Show. Now, uh, your boy is also on Twitter as well, okay? Come on over to Twitter, all right? Type in at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe on Twitter, okay? Go ahead and subscribe, or go ahead and follow me there, excuse me. Talk to your boy because I talk back. I love going back and forth with people. I'm also on iTunes as well, okay, going over to iTunes, all right, type in The Long Beach Joe Show, The Long Beach Joe Show on iTunes, okay, go ahead and, uh, you know, leave me a five-star rating, and let me know what you folks think about what I'm doing here on my show, and I truly appreciate it, you know, love hearing the great feedback and what people think about my show and how I'm doing here, so I want to thank everyone that does that. I'm also on YouTube as well, for those of you that may not know. Some people check out the show, check out the radio show, and they're like, oh, Joe, you know, we knew you did a, uh, you know, we really like your show and everything that you do, but we didn't know that you go live. We didn't know that you do the live show, and hey, you're handsome, man. You're looking good, and I want to thank y'all. You know what I'm saying? Ladies, salutes to y'all as well, you know, salutes to y'all. You know, ladies coming up saying, Joe, you're looking good. I want to thank y'all. I'm just a regular guy. You know, I'm not arrogant. I'm not full of myself. I'm just, you know, a guy working with what I got. So, uh. Come on over to YouTube, okay? Type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel on there. Hit that notification bell as well so when I post content, you'll be in the know. Also, give the video a thumbs up. And, you know, talk to me, and I'll talk back in those comments as well. Love going back and forth. And let me tell you something, man. When you come on over to YouTube, just know that you're going to run into quite a bit of things, okay? You're going to get involved with my chat as well. I call my chat the savages. You want to know why? Because they're savage. Listen, trust, man. They get after it. They don't care who it is, what's going on, okay? If they don't like your take, if they don't like what you bring into the table, just know they're going to let you know. No one is safe. Not even me. Not even me. All right. They don't like my takes. They will let me know as well. And uh, savages keep doing your things. We'll come to y'all in a second. You know, a lot of people going back and forth in there talking about, you know, this football team and what we got going, what we got coming up. So, uh, you know, salutes to all the savages as well. Now, now we're going to get into it, man. 
we got quite a bit to discuss, quite a bit to talk about. First, the New York Jets, again, have officially been announced. Uh, you know, it's said and done the Jets are going to be on hard knocks. No, they did fight hard, okay? They did fight very hard not to be on hard knocks. Um, hard knocks will air officially. It's going to start on August 8th at 10 p.m. That's when it's going to air. They're going to do five episodes, and the season finale is going to be on September 5th. Now, keep in mind, the New York Jets, again, you know, they went all the way to the NFL offices saying, hey, listen, we're good. (laughs) We do not want to be on this. Please do not put us on this. And Adam Schefter came out with a report uh, on a show on ESPN, and he was speaking about it as well, very candidly. Definitely broke some things down. But know what time it was. Uh, again, you know, he spoke about the New York Jets literally going in there and saying, hey, we do not want to be on this, not interested. And they were pretty much forced to anyway. But one of the things we're going to see from hard knocks uh, when they're dealing with the New York Jets is they won't have as much access as they've had in the past uh, to the team. You know, so there's going to be things that are going to be switched up. They also made it a point to say they won't allow hard knocks to film the New York Jets releasing players, guys that get cut, they won't allow that. They, the Jets feel like that's inhumane. So there's going to be quite a bit of access stripped from hard knocks. And, uh, again, we won't be seeing the players if they get released. That's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out with hard knocks and, you know, what actually comes out. But, again, you know, August 8th, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be tuned in, you know. As everybody knows, it's well known that I did not want them on hard knocks either. Um, Aaron Rodgers as well came out talking about how it was pretty much shoved down their throats uh, recently while he was at a golf game. And, um, you know, I've made my feelings, though, well known that I don't like it. I feel like it can become a distraction. There's a lot of things on the line this upcoming season, and uh, I don't want us to be involved in it. I feel like we need to be focused, especially with the expectations that have been raised for this football team. A lot of people are talking about Super Bowl or bust here. So, you know, I don't want to have nothing to do with it. But, Still and yet, the New York Jets will be on hard knocks. It is super official. August 8th is the start. So we'll see what's going on. All right. Now, I want to talk to you folks about training camp, man. Let me tell you something. I am hyped about it. I am fired up about training camp and what we got going on. We know the practices are going to start soon, Um, you know. July 22nd, that's when the open practices are going to start. Things are going to start moving and shaking around here, okay? Now, keep in mind, Will McDonald and Joe Tittman, to this point, have not been signed yet. They have not been signed. Hopefully, right, they'll get that figured out. Joe Douglas, time's ticking, okay? (laughs) Time is ticking, but they have not been signed. We'll see what's going on. That's been, you know, that's kind of been out there for a minute. Um, hopefully this doesn't linger, you know, into camp and they don't miss any time, but we'll see what happens. All right. But uh, Joe Douglas has got to get that figured out as ASAP as soon as possible. All right. Because again, we saw Zach, you know, him go through that whole drama with Zach. We don't want that to continue here. Um, there was a lot of issues there getting Zach signed, a lot of question marks, a lot of stuff started to rumble surrounding that when we initially drafted uh, Zach Wilson. Now, again, they could be haggling over, the type of payouts and years and stuff like that. There's not too much out there about what's going on between, you know, the, the Jets and, and Tittman and, and McDonald. But hopefully, again, Joe Douglas gets that figured out. Now, when you look at training camp, man, this is going to be very, very interesting. There's a lot of things, a lot of battles 
that I am looking forward to, okay? A lot of battles that I am looking forward to that's going to be coming up in training camp, and I want to discuss those with you, all right? Now, I'm looking at the offensive side of the ball because there's a lot of question marks about the offensive side of the ball, a lot. I think more so than the defensive side of the ball. I feel like the defensive side of the ball, a lot of those positions, a lot of position groups, really, they're kind of sewn up. We kind of know who's going to be the starters. We kind of know how things are going to shake out within the rotation. Of course, some guys can step up. Again, Will McDonald, whenever he gets signed, we'll see what he's going to be able to do and how high he gets into the rotation. There's a lot of expectations, big expectations for him as well. Uh, this upcoming season, but we'll see how things shake out, right? But when you look at the offensive side of the ball, right, and again, there is some some spots on the defense, and I'll, I'll address that as well, but when you look at the offensive side of the ball, there's quite a bit of questions. And I think one of the biggest questions, one of the biggest question marks as far as position groups is the New York Jets offensive line, right? The New York Jets offensive line has quite a bit of questions on it, mainly at the tackle position, okay? Now, keep in mind, we all know, that boy Makai Becton is in the building, okay? Everyone knows I'm a big Makai Becton fan. I keep it real, though, okay? I'm very uh, realistic, okay? I'm not a homer. Now, I love Makai. I think he's amazing, right? But, again, we know he missed two years. There was a lot of issues uh, with his knee. Um, there was talks about his weight gain, the talks about the staff being upset with him, and just a lot of stuff, right? But that's in the past. We've moved on from that. We've seen him come into this offseason and be in unbelievable shape. I'm talking unbelievable shape. He's looking great. Salute to Jigga Man Porto. I see you. Salute to all the savages. We're seeing Makai Becton look phenomenal and be in phenomenal shape. And not only is he in phenomenal shape physically, but he's in phenomenal shape mentally, and he's disgusted. He's talked about how he's changed up his team. He's talked about how he's changed up his trainers, and things are different. And he's pushing forward. And we also know that he's talked about him wanting to be a left tackle again. He wants to grab that left tackle spot back. And he wants to show the league, not just the Jets, he wants to show the league what time it is, okay? Now, again, we know he's tweeted out, I am a left tackle. Makai Beckton did do that. You know, it was deleted, but he did tweet it out. And uh, when it was brought to Sulla uh, that he had tweeted that out, Sulla kind of smirked. You know, and he uh, said, well, hey, you know, if you want to be a left tackle, you go out there and get that position, right? That's what you do. You go out there and you grab it. If that's what you want to be, if that's what you say you are, okay, go ahead, grab the position, do your thing, right? And I say all that because Dwayne Brown, as we know, is a savvy old dog, right? We know that Dwayne Brown, this guy started at left tackle for us last season, played through some shoulder in, played through a shoulder injury, And he's really been giving kudos constantly by the New York Jets coaching staff, right? Mainly Robert Sella. Robert Sella has talked about him, you know, commending him for his grittiness and his toughness, talked about how he was just a freaking rock star, right? He constantly praises Dwayne Brown. Every time somebody brings up Dwayne Brown, Robert Sella, ear to ear, smile. He talks about how he loves him how, you know, the front office loves him. Everybody loves Dwayne Brown and what he brings to the table, okay? And even when asked about, you know, Dwayne Brown, that left tackle position, he even admitted, you know, Dwayne Brown's going to be a hard out, you know, a hard out. And when asked about what a hard out means, just basically meant, hey, you're not going to push this guy out of the position. You know, you're going to have to work. And that's where he left it. And that's where he left it. Now, me personally, (laughs) 
<laughs> when Sulla said that, he had a big smile on his face. I feel like what he's doing is poking Makai Beckton. He's poking the bear, all right? <laughs> That's how I feel. Again, 515-602-9639. You can call in. I feel like he's poking the bear a little bit, okay? I feel like he's doing whatever he can do to truly motivate Makai Beckton. Now, again, Dwayne Brown's no slouch. No slouch. He's no slouch. This guy, you know, he's been a solid left tackle in the league for a while. And, again, he's a guy that's up in age, 37, going on 38, right? And so I look at this situation, and my question is at the Jets tackle position becomes, okay, you're going in, you're competing. There's some scenarios that can fall out that can really create some questions for the Jets' offensive line. Let's say we go in, scenario number one, Makai Becton wins the left tackle position, right? Boom. Snatches it up, plays well enough, does his thing. Hmm. Where does Dwayne Brown go? Because all the love that's shown to Dwayne Brown, everything that we talk about with Dwayne Brown, right? All of that stuff, he's never played right tackle ever in his career in the league. Ever. He's never done it. Right? So what happens with him? Is this the first time that we'll see him go over the right tackle? And again, he's a 38-year-old tackle. You know, a 37-year-old tackle going on 38. Is this the first time we're ever going to see him at right tackle? And by the way, the New York Jets front office has made it very clear that it's competition at every position, right? Stay true to that, competition at every position. Well, if he's moved over to right tackle, he's going to have to complete, compete with Max Mitchell, a guy that looked really well, really well. He played really well. He looked really good before he went down with that knee injury, and then he ended the season with blood clots. That's how he ended up on the IR. He looked solid for a handful of games. Looked like a young, promising tackle. So if he goes over there, can he beat out Max Mitchell, who's been over there, who's been playing right tackle, right? You also got Billy Turner in the mix as well. He's a veteran tackle, and he understands this offense through and through. He knows what Nathaniel Hackett expects of him. So there's some questions there. Could we see Dwayne Brown at right tackle for the first time in his career if Makai Beckton beats him out for that left tackle spot? Or is this a situation where if Dwayne Brown doesn't win the left tackle spot, that he ends up just becoming a backup to Makai Beckton? Big questions there. Big questions. Now, the other scenario that can happen at tackle, and this could get very interesting, what happens if Dwayne Brown comes out and wins the, left, the, the Jets' starting left tackle position? Whoa. There's a lot of Jets fans that believe that that's the way that it's going to go, that Dwayne Brown is going to end up being the New York Jets' starting left tackle. Well, what happens then, right? Because uh, you've got to wonder, is Makai Becton going to accept being moved over to the right tackle spot. You got to wonder if he will, because there was a lot of issues last season before he fractured his kneecap with him being moved to that right side. As a matter of fact, he did an interview with Bob Glover where he spoke about this. Okay. He told Bob Glover that he had went to the New York Jets staff after being moved over to right tackle. I believe Fant was the starting left tackle at that point. And he told them, hey, listen, this move over to right tackle, it's putting stress on my knee, okay? My surgically repaired knee, it's putting stress on it, and it doesn't feel good. And the movements that I'm making, now that you put me at right tackle, is causing some problems here, all right? I, I shouldn't be over here. This is not a position that I play. And they kind of blew him off. 
right? A lot of people thought maybe he was crying because he was no longer the Jets starting left tackle. Again, there was a lot of rumors surrounding his weight and the coaching staff being frustrated with him. All these things moving and shaking, right? And then lo and behold, right, a couple of days into practice, he ends up fracturing the kneecap and missing the rest of the season. Makai Becton sat down with Bob Glover, and he literally blamed the New York Jets for that knee injury. He said that, you know, basically that they caused it. Also, when Bob asked him about his relationship with the Jets staff and if everything, you know, was smooth, basically, he just basically said, yes, whatever. You know, not, hey, we're having, look, we're good, everything's great. He just says, whatever. So that tells you something. You know, things are kind of, you know, things aren't, aren't the best, okay? So you got to wonder, if Makai Becton is asked to move over to right tackle, will he willingly do that? Will he be a guy that will be like, you know, all right, cool, I'm going to go to right tackle, no big deal, it's no issues, whatever, especially when, again, being moved over to right tackles would cause that knee injury last time. Now, he's looked phenomenal. He's looked unbelievable, right? Physically, he looks in great shape. But then if he goes over the right tackle, he's got to compete again with Max Mitchell, and he's got to compete again. You know, Billy Turner is going to be over there. Now, I personally believe that Mike, uh, uh, that Makai Becton is more than gifted to beat out either one of those guys on that right side. I do believe that. But I think, again, where the question mark, where the question mark lies is, will he be willing to accept that right tackle position? Will he do that? Or could it blow up with him, you know, speaking out and saying things? So there's a question there. But that tackle position is very interesting. You also got to wonder, Billy Turner, he's another guy that can be in the mix. He knows this offense through and through. It's a veteran guy. Again, he's a guy that can move around as well. So you got to wonder, Jets offensive line, you also got to look at as well that center position. We took Joe Tittman in the second round. Now, again, to this point, I'm live right now. I'm live, okay? To this point, he has yet to be signed. He has yet to be signed, and training camp is like right around the corner, right? He has yet to be signed, okay? Now, hopefully, Joe, Joe Douglas gets him signed very soon, all right? But when you look at Joe Tittman, he definitely is in a competing spot for that center position, right? A lot of people expect him to take that center spot. And when I say a lot of people, I mean me. I would love to see him take that center spot from Conor McGovern because, my goodness, Conor McGovern is terrible. I mean terrible. It's not good, all right? So you got Joe Tittman battling for the starting center spot as well. And why is this? This position group, so intriguing. Why am I talking about it so much? It's because we have Aaron Rodgers back there, right? We saw guys running for their life before here. We saw Sam Darnold run for his life for a long time. We saw Zach Wilson running around crazy when the New York Jets had issues along their offensive line, couldn't get guys blocked, right? We saw Mike White get destroyed and crushed uh, before, get his ribs smacked up when the Jets had issues along their offensive line. So uh, you got to look at the situation and wonder, okay, this offensive line, 
can't, who's going to come out? Who's going to come out and win these battles? Again, training camp is right around the corner. Who's going to be able to grab those spots? And can this offensive line jail so they can get rolling so that Aaron Rodgers can be settled back there in the pocket? We've seen before Aaron Rodgers get smacked around. You know, in Green Bay, there were some years where they struggled with their offensive line and he was getting smacked around and things were not good, okay? Anytime you get a quarterback smacked around, I don't care who it is, it's not good, okay? So we're going to see what's going on, but there's some very interesting battles there. Again, tackle, center. you got to look at Lakin Tomlinson as well. I don't know if anybody's going to unseat him. Salutes to Mr. Magics in the chat. He says, move Lakin Tomlinson over to the right side, <laughs> too, while you're at it. <laughs> it's a big, a big year for Lakin as well. This is a big year for Lakin. He was terrible last season. He was awful, right? He was awful. This is going to be a big year for him because if he does not play well, and again, I don't see anybody unseating him because I don't think we have a guard that's going to be able to take his spot. I don't think that Wes is going to be able to do it. I don't think any of those other guys are going to be able to take his spot over there at left guard. But let me tell you something. If he don't play well this season, he might find himself on the street after this year. He might be a free agent. I could see the New York Jets moving on from him. All right, but he's, he's definitely a guy that's got to step up. And again, ATV is going to be coming back from that injury as well, and I'm hyped to see him coming back. But this offensive line is a big question. Now, as we move on from talking about the offensive line, we talk about these training camp battles. Another battle that I'm looking at as well along the offense is the wide receiver position, some of the battles that's going to happen there. Now, again, we know Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Nicole Hardman, you know, these guys, they're going to be here, okay? They're going to be guys that are going to be in that starting spot. They're going to get their roles, right? Even Randall Cobb is, I think, is a guy that's definitely going to fill a role here. He's going to be solid. But when you start to look at the bottom part of that wide receiver depth chart, you start to wonder, right, that fifth, maybe sixth spot, if the Jets keep five or six wide receivers, you got to start to wonder, uh, guys like Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, how safe are those guys, right, when you look at the battles? You look at Corey Davis, Corey Davis, when he's healthy, is – He's solid, you know, when he's healthy. But you also got to worry about him dropping footballs when he's healthy as well, which we've seen him do too. We've seen him struggle to make catches in crucial times to move the chains, right? Very inconsistent pass catcher. There's also been a good issue as well with him dealing with injuries. He's missed a lot of time with the New York Jets since he's been here due to injuries, okay? So you got to wonder about that as well. Now, when you look at the situation – starting to wonder, okay, hey, the New York Jets have kept him here. You're wondering why. Because even Corey Davis himself, according to reports, was dapping people up and saying his goodbyes at the end of the season. It looked like he was going to be moved on from. But the New York Jets have kept him on the roster. Even though cutting him could give the New York Jets $10 million back on their cap, he's still here. So you got to wonder, is Corey Davis going to be able to make it into this season? Is he a guy that the New York Jets see – a space for in their offense from a production standpoint going into the season. you got to wonder because, again, there's some guys that are going to be pushing and battling. Another guy as well, Denzel Mims. Listen, Denzel Mims, as we know, is a guy that's really going to be fighting for a roster spot here this upcoming season. He's a guy that's requested a trade in the past. The Jets didn't, didn't move him. I think it honestly was because they couldn't move him because they can't get any capital for him because we know Elijah Moore requested a trade and there was capital to be had for him, and Joe Douglas made the move when the capital became just right. 
Now you look at Denzel Mims, he's in a very interesting position. Here's a guy that as a rookie wide receiver looked phenomenal under one of the worst coaches in the history of the NFL, Adam Gaze, and the worst coach in the history of the New York Jets, okay? Adam Gaze was Oh, but Denzel Mims looked really good in that offense with Sam Darnold chucking the ball around, right? But ever since that rookie year, ever since that rookie year, he hasn't been able to get his feet under him here in this league, right? He went through all of the stuff with Mike LaFleur and the offense. Sulla can, they just couldn't figure it out, right? And then we saw guys coming into the facility off the street, wide receivers, guys like Tariq Black. There were various other guys that when the, when the, when the Jets wide receiver position was dealing with injuries, they would grab a guy off the street and he would come in. He would come off the street and be on the field getting more targets, getting more catches and getting more yards than Denzel Mims, a healthy scratch often. So you got to wonder, is this Denzel Mims time? Can he put together a solid camp performance and stay on the New York Jets roster? Or will he get bumped off? Because, again, he's got everything physically that it would take to excel in this league. He's got it all. I mean, he can run. He can go up and jump. His catching radius is crazy. He can do it all. But it's the stuff upstairs. There was a lot of talk about Denzel Mims not understanding the playbook. Will he be able to get it together with Nathaniel Hackett here? Maybe Nathaniel Hackett's the guy to unlock the potential that Denzel Mims has. We'll see. Because, again, he's a guy pushing and fighting for a roster spot, but there are other guys here, you know, that's being talked about. Brownlee is one of those guys. You know, is a guy that can come in and make some plays. You also got Irving Charles as well. A lot of people discussing him talking about the fight that he's putting together, right? So we're going to see. Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, that wide receiver position is going to be very interesting, the battle there. Now, as we continue to look at this offensive side of the football, there's another battle, another position battle that I'm going to keep my eyes on as well, and it's the position battle at running back. Hmm. Now, this situation is very interesting as well. Because when you look at this running back position, there's a big question about Brees Hall, not his talent. There's no question about Brees Hall's talent. The question is, will he be able to play start the season? Okay? When the season starts, will he be ready to go? Again, he's coming off of that knee injury. So you've got to wonder, will he be fully healthy and ready to go? There's a lot of talk he's not going to be, that he may – you know, have to sit a couple games going into the season until he gets really ready to go, ready, to, ready for action, jumping back into things, you know. So when you look at it from that standpoint, if Brees Hall does miss time, right, you got to look at who's going to be able to, to move up and grab that starting running back position here. And training camp is a great place to figure out because this is where those position battles happen. Now, you look at the situation, of course, anybody would think, hey, it's going to be Michael Carter. Yeah, Michael Carter's that guy. Like, this is my guy, you know. <laughs> I love Michael Carter. I think he's phenomenal. Everybody knows that. The Jets drafted Michael Carter. I was one of the guys talking about him constantly, what he could bring to the table. He looked great. Big Bengals game the first year. And then this past season, we saw his role reduced, especially down the stretch, even when Brees Hall had gone down with that knee injury. 
especially later in the season, we saw Michael Carter kind of become the third, sometimes fourth back within the offense, okay? And you know who stepped up and kind of grabbed those carries and grabbed those yards? It was Bam Knight. Listen, weeks 12, 13, 14, 15, Bam Knight was the guy leading the New York Jets and rushing in each one of those games. He was the guy that the Jets were handing the rock to. He was the guy that was doing the work. You look at what he did against the Bears and all of that. He was the guy that we were handing the football off to and saying, hey, go do your thing out there. Run the rock, handle business, move the chains, move your feet and find the opening and get going. That's what we were asking him to do, and he was doing it. Of course, Ty Johnson was putting in work as well, but we moved on for Ty Johnson. So you start to wonder, when you look at Michael Carter, his role was reduced last season. We saw a guy like Bam Knight shine. Can Bam Knight be the guy to step in and maybe grab the New York Jets starting running back position this season? Will he be able to do that if Brees Hall is not healthy? Will he be the guy to fight to get a bigger spot within the rotation? It's going to be very interesting. Also, is he a Vanacanda? We know, just drafted, kid from Pitt. And this is a young running back that is not a game. <laughs> he is not a joke, let me tell you. He's not. He's a guy that is quick. He's got a good first step on him. And let me tell you something. If, Iz, if Izzy sees the light of day, that'll be the last time you see him. Go back and watch the tape. Because <laughs> when he gets going, he's gone. Good luck. All right? Good luck catching him. If he gets one step on you, he is up out of there. Let me tell you something. So it's going to be very interesting. Could Izzy be the guy to fight and possibly carry the rock for the New York Jets if Brees Hall isn't in, back in time for the start of the season? You know, kind of sit down through camp. Is, is he the guy that the New York Jets will look to? Very, very interesting spot there. Now, again, Michael Carter, I feel like Michael Carter has to – I don't feel like. I know that Michael Carter has to have a good camp to cement himself at that spot. He has to. Again, I think that Michael Carter is phenomenal. I think he brings a lot of things to the table, not just running the football, but I also think what he brings to the table is his ability to catch the football coming out the backfield, which I think will be extremely important in this upcoming season, especially with our offense, especially with our offense, man. Again, GVH salutes to him. Savage, just throw your questions in the chat if you have any. GVH says, is it me, Joe, are you also concerned about the hands on our wide receivers? Lazar drops a number of passes, as does Corey Davis and Nims. Yeah, you know, there's some questions there. There's some questions. We know that Corey Davis has issues catching the ball. Denzel Mims has had issues with that playbook, you know. GVH also says, I think Izzy turns 21 this year. Hope he's good and he's from Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is a young kid that if you sleep on him, he can run the rock now. And if Brees Hall is dealing with injuries, man, or still dealing with the knee injury, excuse me, man, he might be a guy that can step into the light and really get rolling, okay? So you look at this running back position, you got to wonder, can Michael Carter put together a solid training camp? Can he get himself back into the good graces of this coaching staff? Again, Nathaniel Hackett, new offensive coordinator, he's a guy that I think can really put some things together and put Michael Carter in a position and really get to work this upcoming season, Right? really get to work in this camp. And I think that Michael Carter can really do some great things within his scheme. I think there were three things that greatly affected Michael Carter last season. One was the play calling. Michael LaFleur would often get away from the running game, even when it was working. 
two was the shape of the offensive line. There was a lot of injuries. We struggled to open holes to run the football effectively. And three, that we had inconsistency at our quarterback position, especially when we had Zach Wilson starting. It was tough because the game plan was easy. Stack the box, all right, smother those, uh, smother those wide receivers, and just stand in those running lanes because Zach Wilson is not going to beat you with his arm. He ain't going to do it. And uh, we saw teams do it over and over and over again, and we saw our running game struggle because of it. And I think those things hurt Michael Carter. So I'm hoping that Carter is going to be able to put something together in camp and really get back and do his thing again if Brees Hall is still trying to heal up from his knee injury um, and isn't on the field, especially early. Now, my next training camp battle that I'm looking forward to, Zach Wilson versus Tim Boyle, the New York Jets backup quarterback battle. I'm looking at this, man, and it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting, right? You look at the situation here at that backup quarterback spot, Sulla, the NFL meetings, he talked about Zach Wilson being their number two guy. Okay, cool. But that was before they were able to sign Tim Boyle. Now, keep in mind, Tim Boyle has worked with Rodgers in Green Bay. All right? He's worked with Rodgers in Green Bay, and he also worked with Hackett there as well. So he understands the system through and through. I'm talking through and through. He gets it. This is a guy that knows what time it is. He knows exactly what's expected of him. He knows, okay? When you look at the situation with Zach, Zach's a guy coming into a situation where he's trying to learn a new offense, right, under Nathaniel Hackett. Of course, he has his hero, Aaron Rodgers, coaching him up, right? Aaron Rodgers is the guy that's helping him along as well. They're working on a lot of different things, mechanics and all that. And let's be honest, he's coming off of a season that was, you know, a roller coaster, to say the least. And it wasn't a good roller coaster. It was the type of roller coaster you have nightmares about. <laughs> you have nightmares about that kind of roller coaster season, right? He was terrible last season. I'm not going to mince words. We saw a lot of bad throws. We saw a lot of regression. We saw him not be able to recognize things uh, that defenses were throwing at him. We saw bad mechanics. We saw interceptions. We saw him cost the team. And honestly, we saw Zach Wilson completely lose just any kind of confidence in himself and his play. We saw it. And not only did we see it, we heard it come out of his own mouth. He talked about the lack of confidence, and so did Robert Seller. Robert Seller also talked about the lack of confidence that Zach Wilson had because of what he was dealing with. Now, again, if this coaching staff, stays true to their competition at every position mantra, which we've seen and heard, you know, them stay consistent to since they've gotten into the door. When you look at this, you got to wonder, is, is Tim Boyle going to be able to grab this backup quarterback position from Zach Wilson? Because, again, Tim Boyle is a guy that's coming into the building. He knows what's up. He's moving. He's bouncing and shaking. He knows the offense through and through. He's a savvy, savvy backup quarterback, just a savvy guy, knows what's up, knows what's expected. Can he utilize all those tools to step into the building and go, yeah, I'm going to take this spot because I know what time it is, right? And then you've got to look at if he does that, what space does that put Zach Wilson in? You know, what space does that put him in? Now, I'm going to keep it real with you. 
that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to happen for Zach Wilson. It wouldn't. I know that some Jets fans would dust him off because of it. I know it. I know that that would come. But I don't think it would be the worst thing to happen to him at all. Because I personally would like to see Zach Wilson really sat down and given time to learn from the bench. I want to see it. I personally have talked about this being the best situation that could ever happen for Zach Wilson to resurrect his career here with the New York Jets, to completely turn things around. This is the best situation for him, okay? If he just has nothing else to do but sit down, learn from his mentor, Aaron Rodgers, right, the great Aaron Rodgers, the number, just first-time ballot Hall of Famer, MVP, has done everything that you want to do in this league. If he is actually sat down, okay, behind this guy and able to learn everything that he possibly can from the bench, given time to just soak all of that stuff up, and then when Aaron Rodgers is done in two, maybe three years, if he's then handed the baton, I think that would do a world of good for Zach Wilson. And you know what's crazy? I've said that before, but Aaron Rodgers also came out and talked about how one of his responsibilities here, right, outside of just playing well, okay, we know that he wants to do that. We also know that he wants to, you know, go out there and lead the football team and go out there and do his thing. He said outside of that stuff, the on-the-field production and the leadership of the team, one of the things that he feels like he's responsible for here, right, is making sure that Zach Wilson is helped to the point and coached up to the point where when he's done, he can hand it off to him and allow the kid to go out there and do his thing. And I think that would be wonderful for Zach. Because, again, we saw him get benched twice this last season, and he talked about a reset with the quote fingers, the reset. But the things that are wrong with Zach Wilson, you cannot just reset in one or two weeks. He has some issues, a lot of issues, right, mechanically, a lot of things, recognizing defenses, recognizing what's coming at him. He struggles with that stuff. You know what's crazy? Mike LaFleur, before they got him up out of here, right, Mike LaFleur was like the first guy to really break ranks and start talking about publicly, start talking about the fact that Zach Wilson would have benefited from sitting behind a veteran quarterback. He was the first guy to start talking about that openly with the media just before he got up out of here okay so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with these camp battles okay especially the one at quarterback at backup quarterback you know because uh if zach doesn't win that that number two quarterback spot i'm not going to kill him for it but i know some jets fans that will but it's also going to be interesting that if he does win the two the number two quarterback spot, will he be able to perform, knock on wood, will he be able to perform, and what will he look like if he's thrown into a game? It's going to be very interesting. going to be very interesting. But training camp is – that's where it's <laughs> – that's where we're going to see, you know. And, again, every everybody's talked about Zach Wilson so far. Things are looking good. Again, the lines are open, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is Call in. All right. Everybody's been talking about how Zach Wilson has been looking sharp and picking things up. But again, we know that Zach Wilson has some things that he's got to clean up and work on as well. Now, 
as we continue to talk about the battles in training camp here, <laughs> as we continue to talk about this football team, all right, you got to start to look at the defense and some of the battles that's going to be happening there, all right? You look at some of the battles that's going to be happening on that side of the ball, and I think the first big question mark for the New York Jets on their defensive side of the ball is the linebacker position, right? You start to look, okay, Mosley, solid middle linebacker. Quincy, solid outside linebacker there. But what about that other side? What about that other side, okay? What about it? What's going on here? There's a big hole there, right? And we know that people like, uh, you know, different people around the fan base and the media, a lot of them have absolutely started to talk about the love for Jamin Sherwood, right? A lot of Jets fans talking about Jamin Sherwood, a lot of media talking about him just stepping into the role, and he's going to be the guy out there, a weak side linebacker, everything's going to be good. And you know what? If it isn't him, then it's Hamza Nezardine, everything's going to be smooth. And I go, whoa, 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 right? I talk to people, I give them a little bit of pushback, and I say, wait a second. Where's all this confidence in Jamin Sherwood and Hamza Nezruddin coming from? Because to this point, neither one of those guys have really done anything. They haven't done anything. Nothing. There's been nothing from Jamin. There's been nothing from, from Hamza that has made me confident in them to be able to step in with all these expectations that we have in this upcoming season. Salutes to the Savages. I'll see you all come to you on in a second. All right, salute Jordan Victor. Good to see you in here, Christopher Phillips. All my guys, salute. I have not, I have yet to see those guys really do anything that makes me go, okay, yeah, I'm ready for one of those guys to start. I know that they're going to be able to shore up that position, that weak side linebacker position. Let's roll. Nothing. Jamin Sherwood played seven games last season, had 16 tackles. And this was after coming off of, you know, that injury that he had, that Achilles injury. Then you got Hamza Nezruddin. He came off of an ACL injury. Last season, he played two games, had four tackles. What exactly is everybody seeing that I'm not seeing here? Right? What is everybody seeing that I am not seeing? Why is everybody so confident in Jamin Sherwood to take that spot and just roll? Why? I'm confused. That's a big question mark there. Now, of course, you got guys like Zaire Barnes. We'll see. We just drafted him. He's a rookie. Maybe he's a guy that can compete for that starting spot there. But I'm a little worried. I am. I'm a little worried about that linebacker spot there because there's a gigantic hole. Now, there's a way that you can solve that, right? There's an easy way to solve that. And to this point, a guy named Quan Alexander, okay, from everything I know, he's still available. Here's a guy that was very solid for us last year, outside linebacker. Looked really good. Looked pretty good, right? And you got to wonder, why haven't the New York Jets done what it takes or done what it needs, do what needs to be done and grab this guy in free agency? Why haven't they signed him to a deal? Why haven't they done it? He's still out there. He's still talking to people it's on the Jets roster. openly on social media, as a matter of fact, right, some of the guys that he's talking to, Jets players that are currently on the roster, have been on social media vying for him to come back to the team. 
Literally, I think it was DJ Reed was saying, bring Quan back. It was. It was DJ Reed. Bring Quan back. <laughs> Just talking. About, bring this guy back. Bring him back to the roster. Bring him back to the football team. Right? Why haven't the New York Jets signed Quan Alexander? Honestly, when you look at this linebacker position, after Mosley and Quincy Williams, there is a major questions here, major questions at that backer position, major questions. So I'm a little worried about that as well. Again, with the New York Jets, we've had a history of struggling covering tight ends, right, and also covering running backs coming out the backfield. We struggle with that at times. And you do not want to get exposed that way. Again, when you look at a lot of these guys, Jack Kenneth salutes to you. Good to see you in here as well. When you look at a lot of these guys, man, right, you got to wonder who is going to take that linebacker position because it's open for the taking. And, again, I'm hearing a lot of, lot of love from the coaching staff. Oh, the coaching staff loves Jamin Sherwood. They love Hamza Nezruddin. Of course, this, of course they love him. They drafted them. They, they drafted those guys, okay? Sulla, Joe Douglas, that, that's who took those guys. But those guys haven't done anything to show you to this point, okay, to this point, they have not done anything to show you that you should be confident in them to take that spot and be able to perform at a high level, right? Hasn't done it. They have not done it. They have yet to do it. In training camp, we're going to see because guys are going to be battling for that spot. Maybe a guy like Hall takes it. He's a vet. Maybe he takes it. I don't know. But let me tell you, that spot is open, okay? Salutes to NYJ, NY Jets FL. Good to see you in here. He says, I have to say, though, Joe, sauce on Mark Andrews last year was epic. Yeah, sauce played, sauce played well, you know? But you got to wonder, again, we're going up against a lot of upper echelon teams this upcoming season. We want to win a Super Bowl. I've talked to a lot of Jets fans talking Super Bowl or bust constantly, Right? Guess what? These upper echelon teams, they're going to target our linebacker core if they feel like, hey, we could take advantage of them. They're going to have the weapons to do so. They're going to have the weapons to do so. So we'll see. And, again, the Jets' defense was really good last season. Very good. I think we were the fourth-ranked defense in the league, right? But Quan was here, and uh, that linebacker position, we were, we were solid enough at. Now, hopefully, you know, the Jets are going to be able to bring Alexander back. But if not, we're going to definitely see which one of those guys are going to be able to fill that role. Salute to GVH. GVH says, our linebacker and safety has got to cover those tight ends better. Last year, uh, proving your concern, Joe, Gasecki, minus last year, has been a problem. And the Buffalo tight end, yes, yes, the Buffalo tight ends was, was killing us. Plus, a rookie is a problem as well. Absolutely. And we've seen Mike Gasecki go off on us. We've seen it. We've seen it. The bane of our existence when we played the Dolphins, we played them, was Mike Gusecki. All right? I believe we played uh, – it was a Lions tight end that went off on us uh, last season as well, too. So we've struggled. Tight end, running backs coming out of backfield, a lot of questions, okay? But we're going to see because, again, to this point, Quan Alexander, not signed. Not signed. Still out there for the taking. And – uh 
We'll see what happens with this New York Jets linebacker position, which is the weak side linebacker spot. Now, we're also going to be talking about this safety position, man, because there's some questions there too, all right? Some big questions, okay? You look at here, I'm thinking strong safety, Jordan Whitehead, solid. Looks good. I think he's going to be starting there. We know that Chuck Clark has went down with that injury. He's going to be done for the season. He tore his ACL, so he's going to be finished, right? So the New York Jets went out and grabbed Adrian Amos, okay? And it's looking like, in my personal opinion, that he's going to grab that free safety spot, okay? That's what I think is going to happen. I don't think that anybody in his safety position is going to grab any of those starting spots away from Jordan Whitehead or Adrian Amos. I just don't think it's going to happen, being completely honest with you. I don't think it's happening. All right, Tony Adams, you know, solid backup safety. Trey Dean as well, solid backup guys, but just not guys that are that are ready to be starters. I think there's a big question mark on Ashton Davis. We'll see if he's going to be a guy that's going to step up this, this upcoming camp as well. He's a guy that could be on the bubble, right? But we've also seen them move on from a guy like Will Parks, which I was shocked uh, that they let him go. But we've seen, you know, we saw them move on from him. So, uh, this safety position, to me, although it does have questions, especially, again, with Clark being out for the season now with an ACL, would suck because I thought that Chuck was really going to be able to come in and do some work. Well, woo! I couldn't wait to see him on the field, man. I could not wait to see him on the field. But uh, I think Amos and Whitehead are the two guys that's really going to take those safety positions and uh, hold on to them. But, again, Austin – um, you know, Ashton Davis, excuse me. Ashton Davis is definitely a guy that we got to keep our eyes on because we've seen Ashton Davis struggle at times with the New York Jets. He's made some plays here and there, but he has not been great. He truly has not been great. All right. So those are some of the things, some of the, some of the, the, uh, <laughs> the training camp battles that I'm hyped to see. I really can't wait. I can't wait for camp to start. And again, we're seeing that, to this point, now again, I'm live to this point, Will McDonald and Joe Tittman have not been signed. I'm wondering why this is lingering on so much. Camp's right around the corner. we got to get those guys in the building, especially when you look at the type of impact that a lot of people are expecting them to have, okay? I talked to a lot of Jets fans about Will McDonald. Salute to everybody in the chat. I want, y'all, I want, to, want to ask you all a question as well. I asked a lot of people what they thought you know, of Will McDonald as far as how many sacks do they expect him to get this upcoming season? And a lot of people were talking double digits. I had a lot of people. I went back and forth with a lot of people expecting Will McDonald to have anywhere from 10 to 12 sacks this upcoming season. That's a lot of expectations. That's high expectations for a rookie, especially a rookie in a deep rotation. Okay, now it depends on where they utilize him, right? Because there's talk that Will McDonald can play standing up. There's talk that he can play with his hand in the dirt. There's talk that he can play all over the place, right? But 12 sacks for a rookie? Whew. In a rotation, in a deep rotation, a deep defensive line rotation as well, if, he, if they do play him with his hand in the dirt, that's a lot to ask. That is a lot to ask of a rookie. A lot. Man. So with those expectations, you got to get them in the camp. <laughs> you got to sign them and get it moving, right? 
because this kid, let me tell you something, Will McDonald on this defensive front makes the New York Jets so scary. And I've talked about this for years, the need for pass rush. Excuse me. Pass rush is extremely important in this league, extremely important, especially when you look at some of the teams that we're going to be facing this upcoming season. Some of the guys that we're going to have on our schedule, it's insane. We play teams like the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, we know the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen, right? We, got, we play against so many teams that can move, quarterbacks that are going to be on the go. Dallas with Prescott. You know, all these guys, man. Denver, again, I know Russell Wilson hasn't been his best, but he's working himself back in the shape. There's a lot of talk about him. We play Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts. We play a lot of really good quarterbacks. We play the Chargers. That's Herbert right there. Denny Dimes in New York. We play some guys, man, outside of just the guys that, again, we have in our division. Miami with Tua, a lot of people, you know, are up and down on him, but a lot of people talk about him being one of the better quarterbacks in the AFC at least. Right? So we play some, we play some teams this year, some quarterbacks, Cleveland, Shaw Watson. We play some guys that can move. We play some guys that can throw the football. Never mind the fact that we're trying to get to where we want to go, right? We're talking about competing for Super Bowls and being better. And guess what? You're going to play the top of the top guys, all right? Salutes to NY Jets FL. He says Mac, he says Mac Jones is a statue. He may have four sacks against him. <laughs> yeah, Mac's not a runner. <laughs> Mac's not a runner. But, uh, you know. We play solid quarterbacks that get the ball out of their hands quickly. We're going to have to be able, you know, or for years, I think what we lacked is the ability to rush the passer, and that's where our defense was struggling. The New York Jets defense became better this past season because we finally had guys that could get after the passer, right? We saw Quentin Williams, who we just resigned. I'm so happy about getting that extension done with him. $96 million, $66 million guaranteed. Highest guarantee in franchise history. I love it. I love it because that just shows that, hey, look, if you show up, you play to the wall for the New York Jets and you do your thing and you stay clean, you know, you keep your nose clean, you don't get any nonsense, you play well, you show up, you show out, and you just, 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 just do what we ask you to do and produce at a high level. We'll keep you. I love that message. Right? I love that. With that extension, I love with that extension the type of message that it sent to the Jets locker room. But when you look at him, 12 sacks this past season, right? Then you got Carl Lawson going off as well. He had seven. You know? So we're, we're getting to the – we're getting pressure. Bryce Huff as well, having big-time impact in the pass rushing department as well. We're getting after the quarterback. We saw that do a world of wonders for our defense, right? We were getting guys off the field. And even though our offense stunk in time of possession, okay, even though we had issues scoring in the red zone, even though our offense often put our defense in bad spots. I'm so glad that Aaron Rodgers is here now. I'm so glad that he's here now. Oh, Even though all of that went on last season, we saw our defense, still be able to step up, stand up, and do their thing, okay? And so when you look at it, Will McDonald, we'll get to the callers in a second, 515 is number, call in. Sorry I've been going off for this long, folks. <laughs> I'm just, I'm hyped. 
I'm so hyped about training camp. All right, Ted, hold on. We'll come to you in one second. And so when you look at this situation, right, you look at what's happening here, getting Will McDonald signed, you know, hopefully, which will come soon, hopefully, with Joe Douglas, getting him signed in the fold is going to mean a lot to the New York Jets because that's another, another body we're going to be able to throw at you in the pass rushing department. Long, lanky guy, rangy, gets a great bend, can move. I love it. I love it. And I love the selection of Will McDonald. And another guy that a lot of people are not talking about, or some people are talking about, but talking about pretty negatively, a guy that I think is definitely going to step up and help the New York Jets front um, and definitely take the next step is Jermaine Johnson. Talk to him. (laughs) I was talking about him, excuse me, to some people. Because I saw, you know, sir, I don't know, I don't remember who it was. Somebody was saying that it was a make or break year for Jermaine Johnson this upcoming season. It was a make or break year for him with the New York Jets. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? It's year two. And this year's the make or break year? Whoa. You're smoking crack. Stop. <laughs> you gotta slow down, okay? Slow down all right slow down it's only year two how can this be the make or break what bro what are you talking about man (laughs) i I just i don't understand this all right look jermaine johnson dealt with some injuries last season you know missed some games dealt with an injury excuse me last season missed some games right but we saw the impact that he had on the field when he was there. And, again, he was a rookie, right? He's coming in. He's doing his thing. He's taking care of business. He's all make big plays, especially against that uh, Buffalo. Josh Allen, he was just all over the place with him. Made a really good, you know, tackle, a sack. He's absolutely doing work. And, again, he's in a deep defensive line rotation. We all know that. But the opportunity that he got, we saw him really – put some impressive things out there, okay? And, again, I think a lot of things with Jermaine Johnson, too, a lot of stuff that he does doesn't always flash on the stat sheet. But when you watch the pressure that he's able to get, how he's able to put the moves on people, and how he affects the game when he's out there, he's impressive, okay? Now, again, I think he'll build on that this upcoming season. Again, with the Jets' pass rush just getting more and more ferocious, all these added players, Man, it's going to be something else to watch, okay? And he's also a guy I'm going to be watching in camp, too. Whew. So we get to get to these lines, man. I could go on forever. I apologize. I just get fired up about the New York Jets. I can't stop, all right? Camp's on the way, and I am hyped today. Five one five six zero two nine six three nine again. Five one five six zero two nine six three nine is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Please give the stream a thumbs up. Okay. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't subscribed already, and hit that notification bell so when I post content, you will be in the know. If you want to give to the platform, the super chats up there. All right. If you don't want to hit the super chat, the cash app is at the bottom of the screen. Anything you give to the platform is greatly appreciated. Also, new callers as well. When you call in, just know. I do not allow cursing on my show. This is a family show. Don't call in here cursing, all right? Because if you do, I'll get you out of here fast. I'm talking fast. Faster than we got Adam Gaze out of here. I got another one. Faster than we got Elijah Moore out of here. Oh, he's 
I got another one faster than we got Jamal Adams out of here. Whew, that <laughs> guys are gone with the wind, man. It's a different time. It's a different team. We're going to get to the callers. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking our callers first. Caller I'm going to is my guy, Ted. Ted, we're coming directly to you. Before we let Ted go, we already know Ted's coming with the fire because he is a savage. <laughs> Ted salutes. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Ted, I've been going off about this football team, and I'm hyped. Training camp is on the way. But I want to start off with this, man. We know that, uh, you know, with training camp right around the corner, you know, we're right there. Will McDonald and Joe Titman have not been signed yet. How concerned are you about this dragging out, and why do you think it's taken so long for Joe Douglas to get these guys inked? Hey, good evening, Joe. Uh, it'll get done before camp, I think. Maybe there's some a little bit of a tie-up in the. Is there any kind of tie-up on the years with some of these picks? I, well, I know that there's yeah, there's tie-up on like because um, we all know they're slotted, so you know what you're going to make it is right. It is. But right, there's a lot of things that they can do in like guarantees or payouts and stuff like that. So right. that's what I've heard is like some of the haggling that could happen between players not, not, and players in the front office, not anything specific with Joe Titman and McDonald. But that's why some uh-huh. people are, you know, have been talked about as that could be a possibility for Holden. But we don't know specifically why McDonald mm. and Titman haven't signed yet. But I'm just shocked that mm. this hasn't been done, especially, right, when you look at the mm. impact that is expected from these two young guys. Will McDonald, mm. and I, I've talked about it uh, just, just recently, people are expecting him to come in here and basically have, you know, a 12, 13, 14, 15 sack season. And then Tittman, yeah. <laughs> I've talked about that as well. Uh, we'll talk about that, but I've talked about Tittman as well. Yeah. People looking at Joe Tittman and saying he's going to be the Jets' starting center. So I'm just shocked by this, why this is drug on so long. But give me your thoughts on that, man. Mm. Let me say this, Joe. Uh, the the Quinn and Williams salary was basically on an hourglass with sand coming out of it. Uh, that's that's how long it took. I mean, it took like weeks to get that deal done. So I don't think the Jets move at a really at a rapid pace. It seems like you know it's just yeah it it moves very slowly. I we're not in a hurry, Joe. I I I, I don't know. Sometimes there's 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 news. There's no news, so that that's the only news that's out there. But there's other mm-hmm. players that haven't been signed either. It's going to get done rather quickly, I would say. I would say things should wrap up pretty quickly, especially before we get to the uh, the hard knock situation. You know, that that's yeah. another hard deadline. So I, I'm not that concerned about that, Joe. But I but I get it. I get it. The Will McDonald double digit stock thing, no. Uh, let's pump the brakes a little. Like I said in the chat, mm-hmm. uh, Mac Jones is good for a couple, you know, maybe four sacks in the year. But uh, <laughs> um, like you said, you got Mahomes. You got a lot of you got a lot of quarterbacks who are very mobile, like Mahomes and Hurts, and yeah, you can name a bunch of them that we're going to play. But mm-hmm. if we have that edge, if we ha- we have that rotational edge rush and Quinn in the middle. 
Um, I think we'll be fine, Joe. I think we'll be fine, mm-hmm. especially we can rotate these players in and out. Go ahead, Joe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, listen. Yep. I, look, I, I've talked to people, and I've said, listen, I'm not expecting Will McDonald to have a double-digit sack season. That's not what I'm expecting. I would be happy if he literally just got four or five sacks. I'd be over the moon because he's a mm. rookie player coming in. It's a different speed in the NFL. Even though I think he's going to be really good, it's a, mm. it's a, he's a rookie. He's got to get ready, you know, get acclimated to the speed of the league. And also he's in a very deep rotation. He's in a deep defensive line mm. rotation, right? So mm-hmm. I think that his opportunities may be limited simply because of that. Because, again, we got Bryce Huff we're talking about, Jermaine Johnson. All these guys are going to be rotating in and out, being able to get their, you know, get their clips. So I'm wondering, you know, if that can also kind of hinder his numbers or his, you know, his possible production when people are talking about 12 to 15 sacks. But the impact that I think he will have mm-hmm. in the pass rushing department I think is definitely going to be seen and felt. It may not always equal sack numbers as well. But, again, I'm a little worried because, as we know, training camp is right around the corner. Him and Tipman not signed. Rookies report on the 19th. I'm a little worried. All right? That's tomorrow. Yeah. I'm hoping Joe Douglas get that done, okay? Get it done before these guys are in the building. So we're going to see what happens going forward with that situation, but I don't know why this is drug out so long. But as we continue to look mm. at the situation here, right, we start to talk about this New York Jets, the training camp and the battles that can happen. Dude, I immediately look at the offensive line and the battles that's happening there. And I'm like, to me, in my personal opinion, especially if we're talking about watching Hard Knocks, the character, the guy that I think is a very compelling story is Makai Beckton, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a guy that hasn't played in two years. He's fought it all. He talked about being in a dark space. Now he's in a better space. He's physically in shape. He's got the wind behind him. So many people supporting him. He's fighting to take that left tackle position. And that leads me to ask you, man, when you look at that left tackle spot, do you think Makai Becton's going to be able to snatch it away from Dwayne Brown? 100% no. <laughs> no, Joe. Wow. Okay. Salah did mention Whoa. in okay, the press conference already. Yeah. Salah mm-hmm. did, did mention in the press conference, unless he was trying to light Ooh. a fire, fire under Makai, that Dwayne Brown is is basically locked in. Basically, he he's called him a hard in. out. He called him yes. a hard out. I wouldn't say that he yeah. said he's he's our starting left. He never said that. I, I'll give that. Okay. Your take is your take, and I want to hear it. But he called him. He just right. called him a hard out. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I just want to put some on that. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. I hear you. I got gotcha. you. Almost a hundred percent lock. How about how about eighty eighty to ninety percent? Okay, I'll give you eighty percent of a lock to start. Okay. Uh, I would say, being that Makai's coming off an injury, too, two years in a row, maybe they want to ease him in, too. I wouldn't want to have him, I don't know, I would kind of want to ease Makai in, Joe, and not, mm-hmm. you know, it would be devastating to get him, get the, the guy gets hurt the first game again. I mean, that would be like, mm-hmm. so I, I would just kind of ease the guy in, and maybe we can rotate. And and see how he plays, and maybe wow. he can, you know, move. I, I don't think anything's guaranteed, Joe, anymore from Makai. There's, there's nothing guaranteed. He comes in and chase well, and no. he balls out, mm-hmm. and then then we're good. You know, that's the way I look mm-hmm. at it. Go ahead, Joe. 
Wow. I, you know, Ted, I, and I want to go back and forth with you on this because I hear you, but mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I don't know about the rotational thing, but I, mm-hmm. I do understand why you would think that he's not going to take the left tackle position. I've talked to a lot of Jets fans that don't have faith in him either. Two years he's mm-hmm. missed the, the knee injury. But when I look at Makai Becton, he's in unbelievable shape. That was, you know, talked about as being one of the issues that could have, you know, happened with his knee. And again, that was a big knee injury. You know, that was a big injury in his career. And so I think he's really taken the time to not only get himself physically in shape, but also allowed himself to physically heal as well. You know, because as we know, there were still issues with that knee and there was talked about. It was still swelling up and all that stuff around that time and that things didn't look the best. But my question now to you, right, because you said, hey, you don't Mm -hmm. believe that he's going to win that left tackle position. Okay, cool. So do you think that he moves over the right tackle? And do you think he will accept moving over the right tackle if Dwayne Brown takes that left tackle position for him? Are you concerned Uh, that that Makai Becton could blow up, could blow up or start saying things publicly if moved over to that right tackle spot? Give me your thoughts. Uh, if he was smart, he wouldn't say anything because he's playing for a contract, but he may not – he may be the type to keep chirping even though he's going mm-hmm. to the right side and saying, I'm a left tackle. And, you know, Joe, I had a lot of faith in him when they drafted Highway 77 and his the way he played yeah. and the way he dominated as a rookie. And I hope mm-hmm. nothing for the best for, for him, but I think Makai's got a – just suck it up and and he's playing for his career right now and i i don't know you know if he can get through a year healthy and 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 be solid he can be signed somebody and i don't know if we'll sign him again somebody else will probably sign him but Mm -hmm. what's best for him is not to say anything but he may not be the type to do that joe so he Mm. he would he would i think grudgingly suck it up probably not be able to completely control his his commentary. Mm-hmm. You know, he will make it clear that reluctantly he's on the right side, even though I'm a left tackle. Okay, that's what he'll say. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what I think he'll do. And it, you know, okay. he, he has a right. He has a right. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. No, listen, yeah. I I could see that right, especially again, man. He goes over to that right side. I think that he can beat out Max Mitchell and Billy Turner. For that right tackle mm-hmm. spot as well, I think he'd he'd be able to to get that get that done. I personally believe that Makai Becton uh, is probably going to end up the New York Jets starting left tackle, but I understand why some people mm-hmm. believe that Dwayne Brown is going to be. And here's why I do, Ted, and I heard you, but here's why I do. Mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. that there's been injuries, right? And I get that. But does anybody remember? And I used to get it all the time when I used to defend C.J. Mosley. Two games in two years, Joe. Anybody remember mm-hmm. that? Two games, two years, mm-hmm. Joe. He ain't played. He ain't been out here. We shouldn't have, we shouldn't have signed him. whoop de whoop de whoop right? Constantly. I used mm-hmm. to get that constantly. And I remember talking about him before this season and saying, boy, I bet y'all you, you guys are really going to regret all that talk that y'all was doing two games in two years because this year he really going to show y'all what time it is. And we saw all pro, pro bowl, C.J. Mosley, right? And so having an injury, now I know that was a, that was a, a groin injury, right? This was a knee injury. But when you look at Makai Becton, he's in such a better spot than he was when he was dealing with that. 
and the dominance that he was able to show when he was fully healthy last time, I think is going to be right back on par because he's in even better shape than he was when he came into the league. He looks and way better now. I mean, he, yeah, and, he, and motivated, like you said as well, than, yep. than he has ever yep. looked. He looks phenomenal. Yep. Like, there was talk, people were talking about, I don't know if anyone ever, like, was talking to you about this, but people were saying, man, he looks like he's going to, if he keeps losing weight, he's going to be a tight end. Like, there's no, there's no <laughs> way you can put him at tackle because he's, he he's so slim, trim, and in shape. It's insane. He's cut up, especially for a big guy because he's, he's a big dude. Nice. So, nice. I think that when you look at that, right, everything's going to be back to mobility. We know that he has the mental space. We've seen him do it on a level that's crazy. He shut down Chubb and all these guys. And I'm like, yep. man, Bosa. That, that coming back, I think he takes the spot. And I know that people are talking about Dwayne Brown, but Dwayne Brown also, he was all right last season, but he wasn't great. And I know he was dealing with that shoulder injury, but, man, there mm-hmm. were times when I remember uh, we did live shows where people were really frustrated with him and his play, really frustrated with some of the things that he did. I mean, he was, he was decent, but there were, there were some right. times where it was like, whoa, Dwayne is not looking great. So I personally believe that Makai will be the starting left tackle. Again, training camp right around the corner. But if he doesn't win that spot, I definitely think he'll, be, he'll move over to right tackle and be solid. I'm just a little worried because right tackle is where that knee injury came from. And mm-hmm. he had no problem telling Bob Glover, yeah, the, the Jets were the reason my knee was jacked up. <laughs> the Jets did it. And then he told them our relationship is whatever. You know? So we'll see right. what happens going forward. But that's definitely something I want to watch. I also want to ask you about this, Ted. Backup mm-hmm. quarterback, the battle, man. Tim Boyle, Zach Wilson. Do you foresee or could you see a spot where Tim Boyle just outwork Zach and takes that number two position. If that were to happen, would you look at Zach Wilson crazy? Like, would that make you think that this guy, this guy can't be fixed, that he's not going to be a guy that we can count on to be a New York Jets starting quarterback in any way in the future? Well, let me say this, Joe. Uh, Boyle certainly knows the system better than most back. You know, Zach doesn't know the system. He knows, He has familiarity. I think Boyle knows everything about the system, so I, I don't think that, that would bother me that much, Joe, because this is maybe in at least a two-year situation with Aaron and possibly three. I believe three because I think we're success immediately. So I think you're going to get Rodgers for three, um, unless he wins the Super Bowl after two, which would you know make my life complete. Quite honestly, uh, if they won a Super Bowl after two years, he may retire, you know. So it's a project for Zach. It's it's finally a developmental project with a real offensive coordinator, you know, not a train-on-the-job offensive coordinator. you got an experienced offensive coordinator with a proven system and was a head coach. I know he wasn't a head coach very long, but that's a high-level offensive, respected offensive coordinator. You know, not yeah. Mike LaFleur, who was kind of, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get it done. And he was uh, style of the BFF and all that other stuff. And they were in each other's weddings and all that. Other, yeah, whatever. But you still got to prove mm-hmm. it, you know. And, and Zach didn't improve at all. And I'm not putting all that blame on on LaFleur because the offensive line was horrendous. But Zach mm-hmm. certainly regressed. So, 
I yeah. Joe, if Boyle's yeah. number two, not a big deal in my book. We still have a two to three year window to get Zach up to speed, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the same way I look at it. I, I look at it like, man, I, I personally would like to see Zach Wilson be the third quarterback simply because I don't want him doing anything. I want him in bubble wrap. To be completely honest, <laughs> I want him put in bubble yeah, wrap, really. and I, I just I want him to learn from the bench. I truly do because I think that the the the, the physical ability is there. But he just he doesn't have it upstairs yet. But being able mm. to sit and learn from Aaron Rodgers, his hero, and not only that, being able to sit and just soak up everything from this offense that will come from Nathaniel Hackett, who's a guy that made Blake Bortles actually look like a functioning quarterback in this league, which is insane that he was able to do that because mm. Blake Bortles sucks, right? So when you got those two mm-hmm. guys, a guy that has a history of being able to work with, you know, subpar talented QBs that don't have the physical, you know, kind of talent that Zach has and put them in great positions to win, it's like you can't go wrong. But I really think that Zach needs that time to sit behind those guys, not only just to gain mentally, but also to get the confidence back in himself. Because we saw him last season, he looked broken. He did. He looked so yeah. broken. Even standing there up there on a the podium, he looked like he was just up there confused, confused about what was going on, confused about his career, just confused about the game, yeah. period. And they talked about that, how broken he looked. So I would like to see him as a third. I don't think that – well, I don't think. I would not be looking down upon him. If he ended up being the Jets' third-string quarterback, I'd have no problem because I really want to see him uh, – really want to see him sat down and just be able to learn from the bench, man. I think it would do him a world – of good. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, as we continue to talk about this team, Ted, listen, you're bringing some takes. This running back position is an interesting one. I'm looking at mm-hmm. Brees Hall, and there's a lot of talk about him, you know, probably not being able to start the season with the New York Jets, still, you know, making sure that knee's good and healing up and getting together. So he may miss a couple games going into the season. So that means that this training camp battle at the running back position becomes extremely important. Because without Brees, you got to have somebody carry the rock. Jets didn't sign yep. Dalvin Cook, at least not to this point. I'm live, right? He's, I think he's still out there. We know that uh, DeAndre Hopkins signed with the Titans. He's got, you know, a bag. But uh, when you look at this running back position now, hmm. do you think Bam Knight can be the guy to step up and kind of push Michael Carter out of the way and become the New York Jets starting running back? We saw the work that he did hmm. last season. We saw Michael Carter's role diminish. Do you think that Bam Knight would be able to grab that rock and run with it as a starter here if Brees Hall isn't ready to go when the season starts because he's going to, just going to beat Michael Carter out in camp? What are your thoughts about that? Mm. Uh, tough call on that one, Joe. I heard Carter's pretty looking pretty good in camp, and uh, mm-hmm. we have that rookie who he drafted from Pitt. I think it's going to Is be by he- committee. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, he's explosive. He's an explosive player, so I think they're going to give in camp. You're going to maybe see a rotation, and maybe early in the season we will, because you still want to see what they you want to see what they do. And you know, camp is not going to show too much, but that rookie, if you see him, um, you know, in game speed, uh, I think that kid's going to flash, Joe. He's going to bring explosive yeah. plays to the, here and there. Maybe out of you know catching out of the backfield, but he guy's a bit of a burner. So um, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see running back by committee. 
and may go for a while into the season. And I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't, I don't know if we really need to name a starter. And then you can ease, mm. ease, uh, ease Brees uh, in and you know, get yeah. him comfortable because we got a long season ahead of us, Joe. We have a tough schedule, mm-hmm. but we're going to make some noise this year. So ease every – that's why I'm thinking, you know, Makai, you can ease him in, in a little bit. I don't know. If he becomes a starter and right, right tackle that, or guard, that's fine. Running back by committee is good. Brees you can ease in. There's no hurry. The guy's obviously mm-hmm. a talented player. And then we just, you know – Go from there. We can just Aaron Rodgers can certainly spread the ball around, and we actually have two mm-hmm. capable tight ends who uh, were no names last year. Basically, they were blockers. Yeah. Time. Yep. And those guys, forget it, man. You you get those weapons spread out, and 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 you got Rodgers who could just pick pick things apart. It's huh. mm-hmm. the sky's the yeah, limit, you, Joe. And I know, I know, I know, we're talking about the running back position, but something you just brought up that. I've been talking to people about as well is the reemergence mm-hmm. of CJ Uzama as a pass catcher within our offense. I think it's going to be huge for us. Can you speak a little oh, bit yeah. to that? Because again, we, we saw him, he was on the field, but we saw him mainly as a blocker outside of that game. I think against the lions where he caught for some yards and got some TDs, you know, off of some play actions and stuff like that. But outside of that, he hasn't really been as big in the pass catching department in our offense, and I think that that's going to do a world of wonders, especially in the red zone. Give me your thoughts about C.J. Mm. Zama being utilized within the offense of Nathaniel Hackett. Are you looking forward to that? Oh, yeah, definitely, Joe. You got you got both those tight ends uh, definitely can make noise, and Rodgers loves the tight end, uh, Bubba Franks, and whatever the quarterback, uh, tight end he had last year. I, I don't even remember his name, quite honestly. Um, it's... It, we can spread the ball around, Joe, but these tight ends, you can even put two on the field at once and spread them, spread out these defenses, and Rodgers can can basically pick them apart. But mm-hmm. Uzama, was, I mean, he's the kind of guy that could go for, I won't say 1,000 yards, but that guy mm-hmm. should have no problem getting seven or 800 yards receiving with Rodgers. Yeah. Because, I mean, Zach Wilson – was locked on to Garrett most of the time. He locked on to Garrett. That was his guy. Or uh, Elijah mm-hmm. Moore hardly got any touches. Um, I, I can see why he locked on to Garrett, because Garrett's a beast. But um, Zach, we, you know, our quarterback play was poor, and our offensive line was poor. So you can't utilize all your weapons. I mean, what do you have? You don't have Zach Wilson wasn't capable of dropping back and scanning the field for too long. He was too jittery. You know, his footwork was bad. All the good things, Joe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All the good things about that came out, you know, that uh, (laughs) you had to live with, the growing pains. But now you got, you know, you got a motivated Aaron Rodgers, man. He's going to light this. I almost said the S word. He's going to light it right up, man. This is going to be. Yeah, he's going to light this stuff up. He's going to light this stuff up. Yeah, I know. Joe. He's going to light the season Joe. up. Yeah, those are two F it's, words right there you can use. Yeah, yeah I got you. Uh, I got you. <laughs> Joe, it's going to be fun to watch, yeah. Joe. It's going to be fun. Because yeah. we, we may have to outscore some of these teams, Joe, like the Chiefs and the, yeah. the Eagles. We, we're not going to keep these teams down, the Chargers. We, we're not going to keep these teams down at 17 points. We're going to have to go out there and light mm-hmm. it up with them. There's, there's, there's no way. Yeah. And, make a, and make a key stop, you know, late in the game to win it. We're going to have to score 30, maybe – Sometimes 30 points a game. See that yeah. easily. No. Some of these games. Listen, you are yeah. talking facts. 
You are talking facts, and that's why I think I've been – of course, we're all excited about Aaron Rodgers and what he brings to the table, but I think what everybody what everybody is most excited about when he was signed or when he was brought here was it was like we finally have a quarterback that's going to allow us to duel with other football teams. We finally have a quarterback that, oh, yeah. that's going to be able to properly – utilize our offensive firepower. We talked about Garrett Wilson having a great season last year, and the quarterback play was so up and down. He smashed our rookie yep. wide receiving record as far as receiving yards in a single season. But he could have been even more deadly if he would have had a guy that could get in the football accurately. I remember talking about Elijah Moore. Mm. You, just, you just brought mm-hmm. it up. How many times he was open. I'm talking wide open. And Zach Wilson couldn't get in the You're right, Joe. He just wasn't looking at it. It was just, it was mm-hmm. ridiculous. And we could go on and on with the guys that were open last season. You know, when we're, we're when Zach Wilson's dropping back and he's not finding them, he's throwing the ball into the dirt. He's throwing the ball over guys' yeah. heads. He's throwing interceptions. Yep. A lot of issues. So that's why I think again we're so thankful for Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback that we believe is going to be able to come in here and really find those guys. Now, as we're talking about the pass catchers on this football team, especially at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on this, man. There's a lot of battles that are going to be happening, especially at that wide receiver position. I believe at the bottom, that fourth, fifth spot, right? If you're looking mm. at the guy from this wide receiver position, who are you looking at that you feel has a big, a big question mark on them, excuse me, to make this roster? Who is a guy in this wide receiver position that you look at and you're saying you have to have a solid camp if you really want to have a fighting chance to stay here with the New York Jets? Hey, Joe, can I make one more point? What you said about Garrett Wilson, too, is um, real quick. uh, A lot of times, Zach wasn't most accurate, even thrown to Garrett. So Garrett had these awkward, twisting catches. Now, can you imagine how how much more productive productive, uh, Garrett will be with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him in stride and all this other stuff? Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, Anyway, fourth or fifth. Obviously, it's Denzel. I don't know. Uh, mm. I have a feeling, though, Joe, if he does make the roster, I think that guy's going to flash because wow. Rodgers will find him. Okay. Rodgers will find mm-hmm. him. That's the kind of guy, a burner like that, I think I think they can unlock possibly if he, if mentally he's there. I think that's the kind of guy you could you can – he could have a decent season. And I think a surprising mm. season if he makes the roster, Joe. I really think yeah. he can make some big, deep uh, Rodgers, you know, with the big arm, and the, and he'll have time to throw. Mm-hmm. And If he makes it, and I kind of hope he does, I think he may have a decent, I'm not going to say big season, but I think you're going to see the potential that we drafted him with, you know, maybe come out yeah. this year. So hopefully he'll make yeah. the team, but if he doesn't, then it is what it is. Yeah, I'm hoping – listen, you and me both, I am hoping that Nathaniel Hackett and just the environment here is going to be able to unlock the potential of Denzel Mims. With, again, yeah. with Hackett here, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Alan Zard here, he knows the offense through and through. He's going to be able to help Denzel as well get things together. I am hoping and, – and also Randall Cobb too uh, being here as well. Mm-hmm. He's a savvy veteran that knows exactly what Aaron Rodgers wants you know, and where he needs him to be and all kinds of stuff. I am hoping that Denzel Mims is definitely going to be able to soak all of that up and go off because he has immense physical talent. 
He just has immense talent. We all see it. We've seen it before. That's why we're so hyped about him, right? Because we see yeah. this guy do it. But then after that rookie season, it's just been a mess. And it seems like the upstairs stuff is not, you know, getting together. So definitely Denzel mm-hmm. Mims is one of the guys that has a big question marks around him. And he's got to have a solid camp as well. I'm also looking at Corey Davis, too, because I don't know what's <laughs> going on with him. But he's still here. Sorry. He's still here, yep. Ted. I'm, he's still here. You know, and I, I'm shocked, and I think everybody else is, because that's like $10 million just walking around the Jets could have accessed. But, mm-hmm. no, nah, he's still here. So he, they must have some type of plan for him or whatever. But he's also a guy I think that has, has a solid camp, too, because if he can't put mm-hmm. it together, or I could see them moving on from him. Now, my final question for you, Ted, because you've been bringing some heat, man. You've been bringing some heat. Yes. You look at the New York Jets outside linebacker position, that weak side linebacker. We know Quincy Williams looks amazing. We know C.J. Moses yes. looked amazing. But there's a gigantic hole on that other side as linebacker. Quan Alexander, mm-hmm. to this point, right, he hasn't been signed. So to this point, you know, he's still out there. But a lot of people – have been talking to me, and they've been bringing up Jamin Sherwood. They've been bringing up Hamza Nezeldeen. Mm. Give me your thoughts, man. Do you think that either one of them could take that role? Are you confident in either one of those guys taking that linebacker role and being able to perform at the level that we need them to in a season filled with expectations and pressure? Mm. So, um, with the development Maybe the two can do it together. I don't know. Uh, we'll know pretty soon if Quan signs maybe like a one-year deal or two-year deal. I think you should bring him in anyway. I, I don't see why we mm. wouldn't bring him in um, unless, like you said, unless the team has confidence in one of these young guys finally developing. Um, we'll see, Joe. He certainly knows. Uh, Quan knows the system, and he's a hard. He's a hard, he's a tough player. To deal with. Hey, Joe, mm-hmm. let me see one more quick thing. I know, I know you're out of time there. The thing about no, Corey ahead, Davis, you know, with, with, with all the stone hands and offensive false starts and all that, you know, it's mm-hmm. got to be hard to play with a quarterback like Zach, knowing each week you're 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 playing from behind. You know, before you even start mm. the game. So mentally, you know, Garrett was obviously a consummate professional because he was a beast. But you know, I think mentally sometimes I I could see like during the game like. You know, you're not moving the ball three and out, bunch of three and outs, and you're punting and playing defense. How and, and they're all professionals and all, but how mentally sharp can you be game to game? And there's got to be some kind of mental lapses where you're like, I can't get the ball. He's not getting the ball to me. He's throwing it in the dirt, whatever. No excuses, but I could see like mental lags during the games where you're not playing up to your mm. ability, and then you bring in Rodgers, and he's like, forget it, all world. So. I think Corey's going to play great. I, I have a lot of confidence yeah. in our receivers. But anyway, Joe, I know you got to no, go. Listen, no, listen, no, listen, Ted. Uh, look, you you're speaking some facts here, and what's crazy is what you're what you, when you talked about, you know, how tough it would be to be out there running those routes and doing your thing, and knowing that hey, I'm not going to get the ball even if I'm open. The frustration that you would feel. And it's crazy that you yeah. talked about that because we saw it from Garrett Wilson. Anybody remember when we were, again, oh, I yeah. did live shows during the season, and we talked about Garrett Wilson physically, visibly being frustrated out there when he was missed, oh, when yeah. he was wide open. Almost like showing Zach Wilson up, you know, freaking yeah. yanking his helmet off and, you know, being and he's a rookie, upset, too. yelling. And, yeah, he, yeah, and he was a rookie. 
and you know what's crazy? Elijah Moore, we talked about him doing it. We talked about guys literally visibly being upset out there, physically, yep. you know, frustrated with Zach Wilson and his play. And we were like, hey, that's not good. Even though we all knew that Zach was not playing well, it was like it's not good to show, your, uh, show up on your team. And what's crazy is that we also saw that kind of mental tempo change in the Jaguars game, mm. right? When Zach was out there, the team just looked dead. Look lifeless. It looked like they knew we're going to lose because he, he's not good. But then when Strebler came in, we saw that completely energize the football team, right? We saw yeah. that, and we saw things come alive. Guys started making plays. And, yeah, Strebler was just doing what he could. He was running around. But the offense moved more for Strebler, and he came in somewhere in the middle of the third quarter or whatever. It moved more with Strebler at quarterback than it had moved all game with Zach Wilson at QB. And that's, yep. that's when you start to really see that. So what you're talking about is absolutely factual there, Ted, and that's great insight. And you know, I'm going to give you one more, man, because I'm talking to you, and it's really it's a great convo. Listen, my final question for you before I let you go, we're talking about the team, we talked about the battles, we talked about all of that stuff. Hmm. Hard knocks, okay? Listen, <laughs> I told everybody, and nobody wanted to listen to your boy. I was called a curmudgeon. I was called a party pooper. I was told, well, Joe, you just don't like the bright lights, Joe. You don't, you don't want to do this. You know what? You, you know what? Yeah, Belichick, he wins a lot. It's cold up there in New England. You're, you're just boring. You're boring just like him. All that stuff, right? But according to Adam Schefter, right, Jets brass, let it be known, okay, we don't want this. They went all the way into the NFL offices, you know, with hard knocks and said, look, don't pick us. We don't want it. Don't do it. No, 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 no. To the point, Mm. again, directly from Adam Schefter, where he has said that hard knocks is access. Has com- is going to be completely changed, okay? Their access to the team is going to be changed. Not only that, they will not be showcasing players getting cut because the New York Jets feel that that is inhumane, right? So we're seeing this, okay? And after your boy told y'all for weeks, weeks, mm. that this could be a distraction, don't do it, I'm telling you, right? And being talked down, now that you hear all this coming out, now that you hear that the Jets officially fought this but couldn't, couldn't get out of it because it was just mandated to them, give me your thoughts about the change of access to hard knocks and everything that's going on with the Jets. Even though, again, we're going to be on hard knocks, starts August 8th. Give me your thoughts about all of the fight and everything that went on. I don't know anything about it, Joe. <laughs> I get I get most of my information from you, quite honestly. I the day to day stuff, Joe. I don't really pay attention to. I don't pay attention to anything. I really Man. don't. I, Man, there's too much info. Okay. It's like info overload. I'm ready to get to training camp. So they changed the rules on that on on that a little bit to kind of tweak yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah. Just, so, okay. Yeah. So so Adam uh, Adam Schefter, uh, you know, came out and talked about it how. Access is going to change for hard knocks, at least at least with the New York ah. Jets. Okay, they're changing their act. And one thing he said for sure is that they're not going to show players getting released from the New York Jets roster. They feel mm. like that's inhumane. Okay. He talked Got about it. it again. The Jets fought it tooth and nail. Let they let it be known to everybody 
Of course, they did it publicly as well. We heard Robert Sella come out and say, you know, we're not the team that wants hard knocks here. We're not interested. But but privately, you know, behind closed doors in NFL offices saying, don't select us. Don't do this. We don't want to be on hard knocks. And they were still forced. And even Aaron Rodgers recently came out during a, a golf tournament that he was at and it's clear that he's not happy either with being on hard knocks. Mm-hmm. He talked about it basically being shoved down the New York Jets' throats, but they're going to have to deal with it. Okay, so it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle it and what kind of product is going to get put out there. Because again, with the New York Jets being so uh, against it, I would guess that you're just going to get a milk toast episode after milk toast episode where it's not going to be much of anything. That's but I will I be watching it though for sure. Yeah, did you? Yep. Are you going to be watching it still? Nah, I won't watch it, Joe. What? I won't watch it. I watched like right, I watched the watch CFL it. over that. I I don't know, Joe. I'm not into wow. that kind of. I I I don't know. I'm I, I'm I'm looking forward to college football, quite honestly. First, and then mm. we can get into the NFL. College football is amazing. So um, mm. I don't know, Joe. Maybe maybe like little snippets and stuff, but like the day to day stuff, I'm over that. You know, let's go. Let's get rolling. Let's get into camp. Let's see what we got. Let's get all our players going, and yeah. let's just get through our preseason games without injuries and go from there. You know, day-to-day, Joe, yeah. I'm not that – I don't follow it that much. You know, I, I, it can be mm. burnout situation, you know, overload, and I go to your show, Joe, quite honestly. You, I, yeah. There's a lot of people – there's a lot of people out there that have shows, um, but I – like Jake Asman, I won't name them all, but I just – Mm-hmm. It's more like a soap opera every day, you know, about, mm. you know, I just, my life is, every person's life is a soap opera in this world, you know, we all have our yeah. dramas, so I don't, need, I don't need any more drama in my life, so, but, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, so. Yeah, no, I just, hear you, I hear you. Yep. Dan yep. said, I got enough going on. <laughs> I got enough yeah. going on, yeah. I don't need your stuff added to it. No, listen, I get it, man, I get it, but I'm a, you know. I'm a Jets, you know, a Jets junkie, man. You know, so and you have your show, Joe. But, so you have to be, you have to be yeah. up on the on on everything. I got gotcha. you, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm so, just a call. I'm just a call in person. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're it. really good, man. You're a great caller. Listen, Ted, I gotta slide I appreciate it, off. I want to thank you for calling in. Okay, next time I'm Thanks, on the show, Joe. I want to hear from you. All right, my friend. All right, Joe. Anytime you want me to co-host, let me know. Have a good one, Joe. <laughs> okay. You have a good one. <laughs> Excuse me. Ted calling in. Fire takes from him. All right. Look, I'm telling you, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the New York Jets. And this hard knocks. I want to see the product. All right. I was against. I didn't want him on there. But, hey. They're on. I wonder how boring it's going to get, okay? And one jet's drive has been pretty darn good, too. Flight 23, all that stuff, they've done a darn good job uh, this past offseason coming into, you know, camp. And I'm pretty sure they're going to continue to put out uh, content as well, probably on a weekly basis. Um, So I'm looking forward to their stuff as well, too. There's so many places to get uh, great uh, Jets uh, content. So please check that out. uh, check out Flight 23 if y'all haven't already. And I know for a fact y'all going to be checking out uh, Hard Knocks because I will, you know, 
even though I didn't want the Jets on. Salutes to Larry Coleman. Larry Coleman in the chat, savage. He says, uh, I believe in this offense. We are deep in that, uh, in that end. But who else is worried about our linebacker position? Yeah, I'm worried about it. You know, I'm worried about it as well. I talked about it. Outside of C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams, um, there's big questions. Quan Alexander is still hanging out around there. And I'm sorry, Jamin Sherwood and Hamza Nezrodine, I'm not the highest on those guys. Not because I think that they're trash. I just think that they haven't done anything to confirm whether they're trash or not. They haven't done enough of anything. So it's like, where's this boast of confidence coming from when they've done nothing since they, literally since they've been drafted, they've done nothing. At one point, I think it was Nezrodine was on the practice squad. They released him and put him on the practice squad. So, you know, you got to see something from one of those guys. You know what I mean? But we'll see. Again, training camp is around the corner. Larry Coleman also says maybe Zaire Barnes. What's his role? Yeah, Zaire Barnes has been talked about. Maybe he's a guy that can step up. They talk about him playing special teams as well. We'll see what's going on with him. He's a rookie. Can he step in in his rookie year and grab the New York Jets weak side linebacker position? That would be an interesting story as well. So there's quite a bit of interesting stories, quite a bit of interesting stories. But I really do think that it was smart for the New York Jets to limit that access because let me tell you something. Boy, oh, boy. And I know that – I believe that the Jets have say on, like, the final cut and stuff like that because I'm telling you, if if Makai Becton, you put a mic in his face, okay, you put a speaking device in his face, and you ask him about that knee injury, whoo, baby. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's going to tell you what he really thinks, you know. He's been very clear about that. Also, you put a, a speaking device in Michael Carter's face, ask him about his unwavering support of Elijah Moore on Elijah Moore's way up out of here, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't get an answer that was so favorable for the New York Jets, okay? So uh, we'll see. Uh, GVH in the chat against Savage. GVH says, Sulla has been labeled a linebacker whisperer, so he's got to come through this year. Front four set, cornerbacks are set. Um, but that that midfield is man besides what Mosley already had. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about Sulla and his work with linebackers, particularly taking guys that are safeties uh, and turning them into like hybrid linebacker guys. That's what Nezrodine and Sherwood were, um, you know, safety guys that he kind of moved into that role. He's been known for doing that. He did that um, with uh, in um, San Francisco with the 49ers. There was a lot of guys that – you know, people looked at and was like, he, this guy's not good. You can't really fit him into a defense. He's a, a tweener or he has issues doing this or issues doing that. And Sulla was able to utilize those guys extremely effectively in his defensive system to get the best out of him. And not only that, Sulla has always been able to survive injuries on a defense. I remember there was a year where the Niners defense was just injuries just wreaked havoc on them. I think Solomon Thomason went down. Uh, Joey Bosa went down. They had a bunch of guys that got hurt. Um, and I'm talking big, long injuries. Um, but he was able to survive that and utilize those backup guys to put some things together. Um, and the defense was still solid, you know, with him calling the, calling the, uh, you know, the games. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do. This linebacker position is big questions, big questions after Quincy. 
and Mosley. So we'll see. GVH in the chat again, Savage salutes. He says, Joe, which locker room leader do you think steps up with all the pressure this year brings? That's another interesting question. That's actually a darn good question. I think clearly uh, one of them is going to be Aaron Rodgers, right? I think he's the guy that's going to step up uh, in, in that role. Um, I think we'll see other guys as well, too, that are kind of going to fit into that mode and that role. I think clearly a guy like Garrett Wilson, even though we saw him his rookie year, he seemed like a guy that really had a lot of pull in that locker room where guys, you know, would listen to him. He definitely was a, a guy that was speaking, especially in the media. You know, he's a hard worker. He's a guy that definitely puts it together. A lot of people talk really um, positively about him and what he brings to the table. Again, you got veteran guys too, you know. A guy like uh, Dwayne Brown is another guy I think that is definitely looked at and uh, a guy that could probably step up here. But, of course, C.J. Mosley is another guy too that I think is going to be a guy that's going to be able to step up, uh, you know, in the face of everything you got going on, and Quentin Williams as well. So those are some of the guys that I think is definitely going to step up and kind of lead that locker room, um, you know, and keep guys on point because there's a lot of good things you know, that the New York Jets have going for themselves, you know, and you got to always keep those guys focused. But we got to – and that's another great thing about Joe Douglas and this staff is that they have focused with this, with this whole culture change. They've really focused on not only bringing in talent, but bringing in guys that have great attitudes with the talent, bringing in guys that can come in and be great locker room guys. That's another thing they focus on when they draft guys too. You can be as talented as all get out, but are you a good locker room guy? In the past we had – guys that might be talented, but they had terrible attitudes and ruined the culture of our locker room. But along with the culture change, not just, you know, getting more talented players into the building, Joe Douglas is definitely focused on the personality and the personal uh, and the makeup of the mental makeup of football players that he's brought into this franchise. And I think that that's helped him turn things around too. ATV as well is another guy that I think is going to be able to really step up in this locker room. And we saw him, you know, speak about things too, helping guys. Um, there's just so many leaders in different positions, man. So many guys that really step up in the locker room. Even Michael Carter. Michael Carter has talked about, you know, when Brees Hall was drafted, the first thing he was like, oh, man, I'm excited. You know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to help this young kid. And uh, the same way that Coleman helped me, the same way that, you know, other running backs, older backs had helped me when I stepped into the building as well. So, you know, we got some guys that are definitely going to step up when the pressure is here. But, of course, like I said, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a guy that's definitely going to be, you know, the leader of this football team. C.J. Uzama is, again, another veteran, uh, you know, another veteran presence in the locker room as well, and he has a big voice. Um, C.J. Mosley definitely has a big voice in that defense. So does Quinnen. Um, you know, guys like that, man, guys like that are going to be stepping up. So that's And that's another thing that gives me a lot of um, excitement about where we're going and what we're doing here. And it's because we have the guys that are going to be able to keep our heads on straight, you know, to get to where we need to go. So when those lights get really bright, guys won't be looking like deer in the headlights. We'll still have that focus. And, again, that's why um, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and all these guys did not want uh, hard knocks coming here. They don't want any distractors. GVH says, uh, so you don't miss Santonio? No, I do not miss Santonio Holmes. Oh, my goodness. That guy was crazy. <laughs> he was a good wide receiver. He was just crazy. 
right? <laughs> it just became a distraction, man. Oh, my goodness. Him coming out, talking about Mark Sanchez. Oh, goodness gracious. Dude, stop. Stop, dude. But that's, again, that's a good, uh, a good example, right? You look at franchises like the Steelers. The Steelers, listen, you become a distraction there, <laughs> what they do, get you up out of there. I remember, he, you know, when we got him, I don't remember. It was like a low, it was like a fourth, right? It was like a fourth-round pick we traded him for San Antonio Holmes. When I saw that, I was shocked. I was like, we got San Antonio Holmes for like a fourth. I think it was like a fourth. It was, it was like a low mid-round pick, and I was blown away that we got San Antonio Holmes for that. But then he came here, and we saw why. <laughs> you know, San Antonio is a phenomenal player, a phenomenal player, but, man, he just – he was crazy, man. He was crazy, you know. So, man, this is crazy. Larry Coleman salutes. Question. Savage in the chat. Larry Coleman says, who's going to be our sack leader? That's very interesting question. Very, very interesting, Larry. Look, I personally believe that Carl Lawson is going to lead the New York Jets in sacks this next season. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I think Quinnen is is going to have a really good year as well. I think he'll put some sacks together on the board. I don't know if he gets back to 12, though, but I do think that the disruption and everything will be there. But I just have a feeling that Carl Lawson is going to lead the New York Jets in sacks. I do. And I think that, again, Jermaine Johnson is also going to have a solid sack total as well, and I think that Huff is going to put in the work. Whew. I think Huff is really going to continue to step forward as well, but Something just tells me that Carl Lawson is going to lead the New York Jets in sacks. But we'll see. We'll see. But that's my guy as of right now. Okay. Man, this has been a hot show. Whoa. We're going to go ahead and close it out. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook. Search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with you folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on the Long Beach Joe Show. All right? Your boy is also on Twitter as well. Go on over to Twitter. Type in at the Long Beach Joe. At the Long Beach Joe. Personal page is at YoungJ0000. All right? Actually, it's YoungJ0000. Three zeros. All right? Go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues, okay? I'm the troll that will get right back at you. No problem, okay? So go ahead and uh, go back and forth with me on there. And as always, I'm the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. At all times. Trust that, okay? He's back. Fight on, okay? So I'll be under that bridge. All right, well, Vera Tucker, if you want to troll, and uh, we'll go back and forth with you, all right? I'm also on YouTube as well. If you want to check your boy out on YouTube, come on over to YouTube, type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe, all right? Subscribe to the channel as well. Hit that notification bell so when I post content, you'll be in the know. Also, if you want to troll me, you know, get in those comments. Troll me. Let's go back and forth. Also, give the video a thumbs up too, you know? It helps. Share it across your social media with your friends and your family as well. All right. And as always, people, when you see me in person, because you will, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Okay, free hugs for everyone. 
Hugs will cost you absolutely nothing. No matter what anyone tells you, the hugs will always remain free, okay? I want to thank you folks for listening. I want to thank you folks for calling in. I want to thank you folks for being in the chat and interacting with your boy any way possible. Training camp is here, and I'm fired up. Love this team, and I cannot wait to see what we do. Salute to everybody. Thank you folks for being here. Until the next show, you folks have a good one. Peace. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.